This is Fragmented Reality, a digital bulletin podcast designed to bust the buzzwords that dominate enterprise technology. My name is Ben Mouncer, and in this episode, I take my clutch of eggs, each containing an industry buzzword, to Kurt Frary, Chief Technical Officer for Norfolk County Council. Okay, Kurt, thanks for joining us today. Do you want to dip your hand into the red hat and then pull out your first egg and see what buzzword greets us? Okay, right, I've got a green one here. Let's have a look what we got. Digital disruption. Digital what? disruption. Now, that's when this has come out before, people have sort of found that term to be quite sort of evocative. What, what, what do you think when you see the term digital disruption or hear someone say it? Well, first of all, I think, is that a buzzword or a buzz term? But I think the reality is it's, it's about doing things differently, isn't it? You know, so digital may come along and, and you do something differently. And, in my, and the disruption bit is, I didn't think of that. So if you take uh, Blockbuster versus Netflix, yep. it's that for me. Classic so, example. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so, because uh, we refer to that as, as an example of, of that quite often in terms of do you want to be a Blockbuster or do you want to be a Netflix so, so it means that. But in, in, in the context of where I work and, and, and my life, it's, it's probably stuff in, in your own personal life that you do differently yeah. and also stuff you do at work differently. So in your personal life, I don't know, I'm getting quite lazy telling Alexa to turn the light on and off you know, <laughs> in my conservatory. <laughs> and I'm now thinking about if it gets too hot in there, can I put a sensor in there to turn the yeah. fans on? So so that's, that's really lazy. But in terms of work, we... I think I need things to work differently for me, and sometimes we're all a bit of a dinosaur. You know, we 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 get stuck in our ways, and we need to think differently, especially around digital. Yeah. Do you do you not think though that often, and we're talking from a business kind of perspective here, when when and, and we know people are eager to talk about their technology initiatives in this day and mm-hmm. age and what they're doing to to be digitally like agile and aware. Do you do you sometimes think the term digital disruption? You know, disruption is quite a strong word, isn't it? Do you sometimes think it's, it's substituted for normal kind of digital change and digital issues? Yeah, I, I do, do think... Do you get what I'm saying? I, I do yeah. think people like to promote themselves in terms of disruption or change when actually it's day-to-day business. Yeah, yeah. It, it, if you replace a few boxes, a few servers, or, or you do something digitally, yeah. you create a website, that's not digital disruption, that's just creating a web- website, if I can be so bold. Yeah. I, I think, actually, that's when you're fundamentally changing something. Yeah. So, um, How common do you think it is, then, actual digital disruption by that definition? Do you think it's something... You know, you mentioned the Blockbusters and Netflix example, yeah. but... It's disruption by its very nature is is quite sort of rare, isn't it? Because it is truly sort of disruptive. Well, I would challenge. I, th- I okay. think it's more common than you think. Okay. But they're in other areas. So if you look at Ubers and Lyft, you know, if you, I'm recently back from Orlando yep. for a holiday, and there, you if you haven't got a car, you, you wouldn't not use Uber. Why wouldn't you? But that changes the whole taxi thing. That's a digital disruption. That's a proper example. And I, and I think because it's changed the way the drivers work, the way the customer works, and the way the service is, is paid for and used, that's digital disruption. It's not about, oh, we've got this one thing, we're doing it one thing differently. Yeah. Is it a term that you use in your day-to-day work? I try and avoid using it. Yeah, why is that? Um, because I think it's overused. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of those things that has, if we really do dis- digital disruption, you've got to have a really good example and you've got to have been doing it, not talking about it. Yeah, I think it's about the doing. And if you band about terms like that, people won't believe you if you if you use them inappropriately. Yeah, 
Okay, excellent. Really good. That's that topic covered. Do you want to... Uh, right, so I'm going for a blue egg this time. Let's see <laughs> what we got here. We usually have a, um, just for the listeners' uh, knowledge, we usually have a, a bowl with the eggs in, but we've gone more extravagant for this episode. We have a, a red... Is that What sort of hat is that, Kurt, That's would you say? A, a, the, a Theodora hat or something? Theodora, okay. Is good hat knowledge. Like yeah, well, I'm assuming that's um, used the right term. <laughs> So I've got the one I was hoping we wouldn't have, oh. which is digital transformation. Okay, obviously, so people might think digital disruption, digital transformation, you know, t- very similar. Mm-hmm. How, how would you differentiate those terms? Well, I, I, would, I would say in, in its simplest form, digital transformation is, is taking something that's not digital and using digital to deliver the same thing. Okay. Um, and, it, it, you know, and that's in all walks of life, actually. I can order stuff to my local shop digitally. That's digital transformation where normally I'd walk down there and wouldn't be able to. Or I can send a parcel just by going to the corner shop because actually I don't have to go to the post office. That's probably digital transformation. Yeah. Um, in, in the environment I work, clearly we say we do a lot of digital and we do, but real digital transformation is maybe stopping doing one thing and doing something completely different but digital. Yeah. So, so it, that's another term that's banded about quite a lot. Why did Why did you not want it to come out today? Well, um, those sort of terms, digital disruption, digital transformation, as I said earlier, I I, I try and avoid yeah. because um, to be credible, you've got to really do them, and and we do some of that stuff. But actually, there's much better examples sometimes elsewhere. Um, so you you look at them elsewhere and go, what can we? How can we apply that same? approach to what, what I'm delivering here. Mm-hmm. So things like uh, when I referred to the Uber stuff, one of the things that's on my mind is we um, help people and, and young people get to school um, who have challenges in, in, in Norfolk and could and we put them in taxis maybe or pay for the taxis or we put them on a bus. Is there a better way we can do it? If, if Uber can transform the model that we use for taxis just generally, is there a model that we can use for public sector services? So I, I like the terms in terms of it makes you think, mm-hmm. but I don't like to band them about because they don't float my boat. <laughs> so what you're saying is it's all about um, digital transformation quotes to enable something and to enable a better service or, or you know something yeah. better at the end of it. Yeah. Basically. Well, you would hope it would be better service, but yeah. it might be it's the same service but digitally delivered, yeah. which is a whole new conversation, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think digital transformation, by its most common definition, is has a beginning, a middle, and an end, or do you think it's it's ongoing? Do you think you know, and, and do you think how people talk about digital transformation tallies with that kind of definition? So I, I think it's on, it's got to be ongoing. Yeah. We're in a digital world now. We need we're, most people are connected, and when they're connected, they expect digital services. So you can't ignore your customers. Um, I'm actually uh, a, a chair of the Eastern Region of, of Socotim, which is Society of Modernisation and Transformation, um, which means that I have a role in the region about encouraging public sector organisations to transform digitally, make a difference. Um, and one of the subjects that comes up regularly is who's doing what, how are they transforming, and can we replicate that elsewhere? Okay. But it is going to be ongoing. Um, council services are online now, of course, uh, as they have been with many businesses over the years, and we're looking to see how we can improve those customer journeys. You know, when you contact the council, you don't want to have to tell several areas the same thing. So all councils are going through this, but it's got to be ongoing and ongoing. We're looking at robotic process automation, which will allow us to take out some of the more menial tasks and get a robot to do them. Yep. It's all quite exciting stuff. All really exciting. You've you've been around sort of the IT world for 
quite a while ago. I hope you don't mind me saying. Can you, can, what, what, <laughs> <laughs> what, what was IT like to work in before terms like this came along and before it became cool to... Oh, I, I can reminisce <laughs> like, like the best of them. So um, I've been actually working in IT for, for 32 years now, yeah. 32 years this and year. And rest assured, you know, 32 years ago, they weren't saying words, phrases like digital transformation. No, no. In fact, my first day was... Uh, when I, when I, my, my very first job was for Norfolk County Council, would you believe? I worked elsewhere, but yeah. my first job was for Norfolk County Council. And I, was, I got a job as a computer operator. And I walked into the basement of County Hall, the building we're in now, which looked very different. And the uh, the computers that they were using, they had, they had one room, which was um, about 30, 40 foot by 40 foot, which was the, the main processor of the computer. Another room, which was the disks and disk space, etc. So very old stuff, <laughs> or old now. Um, in an era where the cloud was just something in the sky. Yeah, well, there was no internet. No. <laughs> there was no internet. And um, and they used to print triplicate stuff um, with carbon paper in between. You had to split it off. So one of my jobs is uh, on my very first day was to split all these payroll reports from the computer. And, and at the time, that was probably digital transformation. They'd gone from manual payroll to um, payroll on a computer. Okay. But they didn't use the term digital transformation. Yeah. They just used computers as the <laughs> word. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go back, I don't think. It's <laughs> fascinating, isn't it? Right, let's, let's go for a third egg. See what okay, we've, we've had blue, we've had green. We're going for pink we're now. Going for a pink one. The excitement's building. Oh, it is. That's like, um, <laughs> that's like the jokes in a Christmas cracker. <laughs> DevOps. DevOps. Oh, that's oh. a controversial one, that is. Proper gritty IT yeah. term. What, um, what comes to your mind? Um, both accelerating what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but also uh, potential risk, I would say. Yeah. So in terms of, of DevOps, it's been sold to me uh, over the years, as in over the last few years, is we, we need to allow our developers just to get on with stuff, is the reality. Okay. Can they just get on with stuff? Um, normally you have lots of hoops. You know, if you're running an enterprise like we are, if someone does something that they shouldn't do or by accident or on purpose that could cause our services to stop running. So there's a lot of controls, technical controls around there. Okay. Well, DevOps is about quick and dirty. Well, we want to do this. Let's just try it. And I'm a strong supporter of that. So I'm a little bit conflicted because I'm running an operational service yeah. and then there's DevOps. <laughs> um, but I think it is the way to go. You know, in, in every other part of the technical services I run, we're trying to do things quickly, try things out, and do things cheap, and, and if it works, then put a proper project around it. Okay. DevOps, he sort of supports that. Yeah. Um, however, it's another buzzword, isn't it, in, yeah. in the IT industry? And um, some people misinterpret or misunderstand and then use those terms differently. Yeah. What do you think it is? Um, well, you know, I've, I've spoken a lot to, to people like you, and they, they kind of have the, the same sort of answer, really. Um, but what we hear a lot about is DevOps culture, and it's almost a cultural mm. thing, and it's a it's a strategic shift, isn't it? Is yeah, that, is that your experience? Yeah, I, th I think it's more of a um, a shift in the way people think. Yeah. So rather than someone say, take this very simple example, create a website, yeah, um, or want to create a website, and then create the website, but then can't publish it because the technical controls don't allow you to. This is more about well, actually, the risk is low. You're just public. I say you, just, just. Um, you're publishing information, but actually if it goes wrong, you can take it down fairly swiftly or, or you're doing something slightly different, like you're, you're publishing a process which is different. Well, as long as you're clear with the people who are using that process that you're, 
you're, you're going through a, an alpha or a beta version of that and they're helping you with that. Seems the right way to go. Yeah. Central government are doing it with things like the DVLA stuff. Yeah. That works really well. They say it's in beta. Yeah. Do you, do you think, and you, you kind of spoke about it a bit earlier when you said it's about giving the developers sort of carte blanche to, 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 do what, to do what they want. Do you think that's a sign of how IT has become a, a much more sort of critical business function and a much more respected business function within organisations? That's a really interesting question. Yeah. I, I, th- I think um, people have realised that everything we do, every service you provide, whatever business you're in, has got some sort of IT supporting it or yeah. delivering it. So we can't, we, we need IT to be delivering things that the customer wants and to be dynamic. You know, if you take the Amazons from this world, all they do is look at what the customers are doing and then transfer them their business to make sure they're supporting that. That's what they do. That's how they make their money. Um, same with people like eBay. Public sector services need to be the same. Private businesses need to be the same. So the speed of, and pace of change is really important and we need to think about what blocks that and blocking it can be the technical controls or the approach you take yeah you, s- you said it earlier i mean digital transformation is a you know a never-ending kind of thing do you think devops approach is almost going to become a necessity for for organizations i, th- I think so to keep up I, I i think so um who wants to wait two weeks to change something on the website you know that, yeah. that's, or, or or change a form so it, it needs to be but I from your experience how easy is it to implement how is it, is it something that's difficult? What hurdles do you face? Yeah, because people don't understand what it is. Yeah. If, you know, you can talk to 10 people and DevOps is 10 different things. Yeah. So I, 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 th- I think in terms of if you were saying we've got to implement DevOps, you get a lot of challenge. Where if, if you said, like, we've got to look at our processes and improve them, you'd find that really a simpler discussion. Yeah. Yeah. And people are sceptical about it as well. If you talk to the, some of the security folk, they may say, well, actually, we shouldn't be doing DevOps. That, that gives a carte blanche license for them to do certain things they shouldn't do. Okay. Well, I don't. I, I think that's, that's, they're, they're assessing the risk as too great when actually there's a balance between risk and delivery, isn't there? Maybe it's best not to attach a label like DevOps to yeah. it. Though. Yeah, I'm, I'm a strong believer in... We, we have enough buzzwords and acronyms in There's IT. There's more in the hat yet. Yeah, <laughs> so so we probably need to uh, perhaps have less of them, but yeah. more meaningful ones maybe. I don't know. <laughs> okay. On that note, let's find another buzzword. <laughs> yep, that's, yeah. So I'm going for yellow now. Yellow, so let's have a look green, see blue, what's pink in and yellow. Right. Oh, what's this one? Augmented reality. Oh, that's one of my favourite subjects. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Why, why is AR one of your favourite so, subjects? So, um, in my spare time, when when I'm not doing this innovative doing stuff DevOps. I'm doing for Norfolk <laughs> County Council, yeah. I, I, I play with VR and augmented reality quite okay. a lot. And, I'm, and I think they're both the future in terms... And, and, and maybe not in the forms that they are now, but um, augmented reality clearly is where you've got People, been, people and things been put in with real life situations. So um, I suppose there's a better way to explain that is you're filming someone or you're doing something um, and and you're interacting with the background and the computer at the same time. So um, what Pokemon Go was good was, was like that, wasn't it? So you've got an app yeah. where people can see Pokemon in their lounge with them. But um, that and VR, I think, could really transform things. Yeah. I, I don't think we've it's matured enough yet. It's matured enough to do a bit of gaming. Yeah, we also know about the use cases in the consumer sort of side of things. Yeah. What about the enterprise business side of things? Do you think there is a, there is a future for 
VR I, I and think AR so. at scale. Um, I, I think we need to look look differently, not not look at services how they're delivered now, and think, well, what could that do? So I, I imagine in the adult social care arena, if you could use augmented reality, so somebody who's on their own, maybe getting lonely, and loneliness is a big problem in in the the older community. Um, perhaps we could get someone else in their lounge, and that you could have an augmented reality between two lounges, and people could have a conversation. Yeah. Maybe tackle loneliness, or can you imagine using it to talk to your doctor? So there there are things I think that are, if you're not in that service, you could think about, and that actually could make a difference. Um, also, things like looking at um, how we could use that on the highways, maybe. Yeah. Uh, in cars, they, it, it's bizarre because to think about it, you think, well, that's a bit far fetched, but that technology is here now. Yeah. Um, and, and the technology has actually, you know, it's been around. It's obviously virtual reality things have been happening for for years, really. Yeah. But the the question is, why haven't we bridged that gap from those those really fun, cool use cases that you see, people, yeah. people demonstrating at events and that kind of thing, to actually it being used by people in workplaces every single day? Um, um, is well, I'll, I'll question whether some of it's a generational thing. Yeah. Um, interesting enough, um, I've I've got a, a virtual reality headset at home, and uh, I'll use it. Um, both for game plan and and, uh, and and doing other stuff with it. For instance, you can go on the Apollo 11 mission and, and fly that and just try and experience it, see what the pilots would have looked, all the astronauts would have, looked, would have seen and, and just have fun with it. Um, I, I've got a shark tank on there and I put the headset on my wife and she says she's never going to use virtual reality ever again. She was more, <laughs> never so terrified. Um so, so that's really interesting. Different people perceive it differently. Yeah. And we, a big problem with it is actually motion sickness. That people it have. is, like, yeah. They've often um, been, it's often been used, the technology's been used to in, in training for certain like jobs yeah. and people have found it too disorientating. So we've got, we think we've got the answers there. Our yeah. schools team, who go into schools and show them technology and help them with lessons, have a load of virtual reality headsets, but they're ones that you don't put on your head, you hold up against your head. Yeah. And we took that to the Norfolk show last year, so to encourage young people and businesses to come and look, see what we're doing. And um, we, we got some, um, some people from all generations using it, and they found that actually they were more comfortable just holding it up to their eyes. So that made a big difference. Yeah. Um, and now we're, we're looking to see if we can use it for exam- museum exhibits in the Castle Museum in Norwich. Okay. Um, one of our ambitions, and, and I don't know how real it is yet, is could you stand on the battlements of the castle, look at Norwich, and then look, put a VR headset on and see it 100 years ago? Yeah. 500 years ago or whatever, because um, it's a Norman castle, um, we, you know, we, we could do that. But then you could do augmented reality as well. And mobile phones and devices with it, with augmented reality in particular, they've got a role to play in the future, haven't they, in, in yeah. seeing things through, like, a, you know, a, a, a fixed augmented reality technology on a mobile phone. Absolutely. is something that will happen in the future. And I'm quite interested in... in the simplest form of the augmented reality, whereas um, I, I know you can take a photo on your on your phone of a credit card and that get, grabs the number for you, so if you tr- so you don't have to type it in. Well, that's still augmented reality. That's getting a, a, a fake card on top of a real card to work out the number. Yeah. But also, there must be many many other applications where you can point your phone at something that shows you what you want to collect, maybe in your home or whatever, and then and it grabs some information about it or gives you additional information as the user. It's quite, quite
quite exciting, I think. It is really exciting. What, what sort of timeline would you would you give to this kind of stuff in you know fifty years? Are we going? Is it going to be a big part of our daily lives? Do you think? I I think w- way sooner than that. Yeah. If you look at the timeline for both VR and augmented reality, and then they've attached it to machine learning. Yeah. Um, so if I want, uh, so so in terms of answering your question, the timeline, I reckon the next five years we've got to see uh, it start to accelerate. We may not see something that wows us for for the next two or three years, but then suddenly this is going to take off because the mobile handsets we've got have now got the power to deal with it yeah. and in, and they can send the data to the cloud for machine learning so they yeah. can do intelligent stuff with it. Um, we're seeing five, five, the launch of, sort of 5G, the rollout of 5G will help with that well. Well, 5G would certainly help it, yeah. but clearly that would need to be everywhere. Yeah. Um, and at the moment, 5G is... Is, is more urban based isn't it yeah. um, there are some rural trials Norfolk's d- deliver, going to be delivering a, a rural trial as well mm-hmm. but the reality is you know the high speed will be in, in the urban areas and, until it's rolled out further yeah really interesting topic we could probably carry on but let's uh, let's move on to a fifth egg right so I've done I've all, all the ca- colours so I'm going to just egg? pick a random oh. one now <laughs> <laughs> right let's see what we've got now here we go Agile Agile Ooh, so so I have a particular view of because that's a project term, a project yeah. management term. Yeah, you know, if you're methodology. Agile, yeah. yeah, yeah. So What's it, your particular it's great view? in principle, but my take on it is, um, and I spoke, to, spoke at a national conference about about this about okay. innovation um, last year, and one of the things um, that I said there was, look, I'm only going to talk to the audience about things we're actually doing. I hear time and time again, you go to a conference and people go oh, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. And then you ask them when they come off stage, have you done that? And they go, no, no, we're, we're planning it. Yeah. And I don't know, that gets my goat a bit. Yeah. So so I, I'll only talk at places like that if we're really doing something. Okay. Now, uh, the, the link to Agile is um, at the last conference I, I spoke at, um, I said, well, rather than spin up a project to do something, spend all that money and effort, what people need to do is just try it, just do it, just get on with it. And what I mean by that is, if if you think you've got a case to change your gritting runs in your business or or you want to monitor people or you want to count traffic or whatever it is, get someone who knows how to build a prototype. Because... Actually, that is being agile, yeah. but you you just need to prove it first. You don't need to spend much money, and you just need to have a go. Okay. And once you've done that, then you can show people the art of the possible. The problem is with all of this project stuff, and it has a place, don't get me wrong, is that you can fall into, let's set up a project that costs £400,000 and a load of people time, and then actually it doesn't show the business case and then you don't move on whereas for a few hundred quid and a few hours you could probably knock up something that sells that project and we've tried that as a, a thing at Norfolk for the right things you know yeah. um, there's a place for everything if you're doing a major project replacing your financial system yeah. you can't just try it you have to go for a, a full procurement you have to set up a project and do it properly but um, do you think that approach has been kind of um, obviously you, you work for a, a publicly funded Mm-hmm. Body, you've seen where, where finances are, are more tightly controlled. There's no doubt about yeah. it than in than in a private enterprise. Do you think that approach has sort of fed that? Th- yeah, it has. Um, so the the stuff we were doing about the Norfolk and Suffolk Innovation Network, where we're rolling it out across two counties, yeah. that came from um, a, a less than a thousand pound prototype trial yeah. thing, with no 
in the nicest possible way project rigor around it. It was a let's spend a week to see if this works. Yeah. And if it does work, then we'll make a case for it. And then I put a bid into the local East Anglia partnership for for half a million pound and was successful. Yeah. So we then did the proper paperwork and put the proper effort in. Um, but sometimes, as I say, you've just got to try stuff. Yeah. We hear mixed things about agile, particularly. I mean, we've we've heard some people say that it's sort of old hat, and you know, people don't use the term <laughs> anymore. Some people still build, you know, the whole IT sort of methodologies around the idea of agile. Where where do you sit on that debate? I I, I just think there's a number of uh, different tools in your toolbox, and you've got to deploy them appropriately. There's a place for full on Prince two project management. There's a place for agile. There's a place for quick and dirty prototypes. Yeah. What you do is work out the size of the thing. The, the the value of the risk and the impact yeah so if, if if to do a trial is peanuts and a few hours and if you if you don't get it wrong or don't prove it it doesn't matter just get on with it don't stop wasting time on on trying to put all this governance and framework around something that you may never do yeah absolutely i think we've got time to hatch one more egg uh, if you're up for it i think that's, i was hoping to find more. a little chick or something <laughs> in, the, in these or some chocolate or something as a yeah, treat chocolate <laughs> what have we got here Chatbot. Chatbot. Oh. Do you like using chatbots? I'm, I'm, I'm smiling because <laughs> I actually do. Yeah. But I'm a bit naughty, so. Uh, okay. Explain. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'm, I'm, I, I quite like chatbots because um, they're a, a, an introduction into organisations when actually you may have to queue. They're really good for that. Yeah. But also being from the techie world, I'd like to uh, see if I can break them. So if you get on. Um, uh, any major brand that's got a chatbot, I wouldn't name particular ones, but if you get on there and they go, how can I help? And you go, well, I help with my billing or whatever, and they can't help you, that really annoys me. Right, and that probably okay. annoys the general public too. But sometimes they just answer your query quickly. So if, yeah. you, if it's a bank or whatever, what's my balance? And you've typed in your, your account details. Brilliant. Yeah. Don't need to talk to someone. And it may be quite a menial job for someone at the other end who doesn't want to be doing it. But when they can't help you, and then they say they transfer you, I find that really annoying because then you get in a queue and, and all of that. And that's another layer added yeah. sort of unnecessarily. Yeah. Would you say? That, that is. And but then and then and then usually you get you don't get to, you're actually on the chat with a human but you're not speaking to a human. So yeah. so then obviously you've got to be really nice to them. They they're trying to help you out. But usually you can use that to your advantage. <laughs> why why do you think companies give them names like Barbara? Or <laughs> to try and yeah. trick people to yeah. thinking that it's I'd, I'd rather as a user, I don't know about you, just know that you're talking to a chatbot. Yeah, Say, yeah. oh, I'm a chatbot, I'll try and help you. If yeah. not, I'll put you to And some, some organisations do go down that yeah. route and make it clear, but others do try and yeah. humanise them. Yeah, I, I think humanising is probably the wrong thing to do. Yeah. And and the technology's coming along that, you know, if you're using um, uh, technology where you talk on a phone rather than a chatbot and, and they... And they put ums and ahs and things in to try and make them sound human. You could fall foul of trying to trick someone that they are, and then they may have a pro- bad experience. Yeah. So I think it's better to be upfront about it. And to be honest, I wish I could change the name of, of my Amazon Echo at home from Alexa to something else, to something <laughs> I want. Why would we want to? I, I know it's a marketing thing, but yeah. at the end of the day, if it's got to be a name, I want to choose the name. Yeah. So chatbot is chatbot. Yeah. So. Just look into the future, the future of chatbots. Obviously, we, we know the technology sort of underpinning them, the AI that is, is obviously going to improve and, and get better over over time. Do you think they will they will get better as a service? And they yeah, and they that, are. They're using machine learning in yeah. the background to 
to take things you say, learn from the other interactions I had, and give you a better response. Yeah. The danger is that what that thing about false positive on stuff, stuff they're trying to identify. So it's great when it works well, and I absolutely support it. In 99% of cases, that'll be fine, won't yeah. it? But when it comes down to it identifying something saying I need to give that answer and and it's misinterpreted or the machine learning hasn't been quite right, then then that can cause a problem. But that's where you need the human backup for the interaction. Yeah. Um, but I am a strong supporter of them. I actually, I quite like them. So if at midnight I can't sleep and I want to sort out my Now TV account, yeah, I can do that on a chatbot. And actually, that's really convenient to me because sometimes I can't do it. In, doing the working day excellent no I think that's a good topic to finish on nice light one we've covered some deep sort of IT methodologies as well <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kurt thanks for your time today yeah thank you power up your day with the bulletin brief the latest news insights and opinion delivered straight to your inbox subscribe now at digitalbullet.in